Yo, welcome to this edition of the Cerebral Entertainment Podcast. Before we get started, let's hear from our good friend, Mr. Shane Presley of Rock Paper Podcast, as he tells us just one more time about his big event coming up. Let us have it, Shane. Hey, everybody. Shane Presley here with Rock Paper Podcast. Let me tell you about an exciting event I have coming up on June 22nd. I'll be hosting the Rock Paper Podcast 5th Annual Birthday Show at Broadway Oyster Bar. Uh, this year, I've invited along my good friends, Amanda Fishband, Tony Campanella Band, and Odds Lane. Uh, music starts at 10. It's an $8 cover for the show. And I will have live art going on from my friend Jessica Hitchcock. And, we'll, of course, Broadway Oyster Bar will be serving up all sorts of delicious food and cold drinks all night long. So uh, do not miss this event. It's going to be a lot of fun. I can't wait to see you all there. And if you'd like more information, you can visit rockpaperpodcast.com. Again, June 22nd, Broadway Oyster Bar, 5th Annual Birthday Show. Going to be a lot of fun. Thanks again to Cerebral Entertainment Podcast. Thank you, James and Colt. And uh, keep on listening. Thanks, everybody. Have a great day. And now for this edition of the CEP, we bring you Ryan Sickler. Ryan is a stand-up comedian and has a number one comedy album called Get a Hold of Yourself. He's had appearances on Tosh.0, The Late Late Show, and not too long ago, he sat with Joe Rogan on The Joe Rogan Experience. Ryan is also a podcaster himself, co-hosting The Crab Feast, which ended at the end of 2018, but now Ryan has a new podcast called The Honeydew, which he records out of your mom's house studios. Ryan has nothing but good things to say about Tom Segura and Christina Pazitsky over there at your mom's house, and we have nothing but good to say about Ryan. So he's a very, very funny guy, very super nice guy. So check him out for yourself, and I'll shut up. Ladies and gentlemen, Ryan Sickler. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to yet another riveting edition of the Cerebral Entertainment Podcast. I am James, and with me, as always, is my good friend Colt. Yes, sir. And with us on the line today, the one and only Ryan Sickler. How you doing today, Ryan? I'm doing great, man. Thank you. Riveting, huh? Riveting. Another riveting episode. Uh-huh. Yeah, we're actually going to uh-huh. leave that one up to you. Can you do that for us? Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> th- thanks for stacking it on my shoulders. <laughs> no pressure whatsoever, Ryan. <laughs> we are glad to have you on, though, today, man. This is uh, this is cool. So you work closely with a lot of great comedians, and you're also a fellow podcaster. We want to get into that. But first of all, just give us a little bit of a snippet of a bio about yourself, if you could, man. Catch us up with why you do what you do, how you got to where you are. Um, I mean, my love of comedy, my dad instilled that in, well, I shouldn't say he, well, I guess he kind of did really the long, short version of the long story is, you know, 10 or 11, my dad's watching this movie. I sneak out of bed. I see kids. I'm like, Oh, I'm a kid. I, I probably could watch this. And I start laughing and I get caught and he said, come in here. And I went in and he's like, sit down and watch this with me. And it was Richard Pryor busting loose, and that was it for me. And then he introduced me to Eddie Murphy on Saturday Night Live and Carlin and Dangerfield and, you know, on and on and on to every comedian that, you know, you loved back then. And uh, that's how it started for me. And I really enjoyed, like, making the family laugh, doing SNL characters and stuff like that. Um, And when I was 20, the first time I did stand-up, a friend of mine was dating a girl whose dad owned the club, and... They let me come in and do a spot and I did it for a few months Then a bunch of life stuff happened. I didn't get to do it again until I was about 27. And that's when I came to LA and, and, um, started doing stand up and improv and, and, you know, just been grinding since then. 
Nice. So you're originally a Baltimore native, right? Yes. Yeah. And so was it a hard shift coming from Baltimore, from the East Coast to the West Coast? I know it seems like a lot of you guys do. A lot of, a lot of great comedians are coming from the East Coast, but they plant in the West Coast. Seems like that's kind of where you get most of the traction. Uh, how difficult is that to do that? I mean, the hardest part was leaving. I come from a big extended family. We're all close. So that was really the most difficult part. And now everyone's grown up with kids, so it's even harder that you're away from a whole new crop of family. Uh, but I, it wasn't that. Other than that, coming here, it's so much more chill and laid back. You don't have the winter. I, I mean, you don't have any of the weather. I, I knew if I wanted to do comedy, it was New York or L.A., and I was tired of winter. I like playing in it. I don't I don't like living in it. You I, know what right. I'm saying? I hear that. I, uh, I would say if I ever move, I'm going someplace warm, never someplace colder yeah. or windier than what no. I already have. Yeah. No. Have you done you anything know? major in New York at all? Um, you mean stand-up? Yeah. Yeah, I did live at Gotham on Comedy Central in in New York. Uh, we did Brassie's tour. We were at <clears throat> excuse me, Caroline's in Times Square. Um, I've done Stand Up New York. Um, the Whitest Kids You Know had a great show that I did a while back there too. Um, and there was like one other show I've done in New York, but not a ton. I've a handful of times I've been there and done stand up. Is is the vibe a lot different in New York than it is in LA? Yeah, the vibe in New York is, you know, you you could crank three to five shows a night. Really? Um, yeah, and grind, grind. They, they say a lot, if you want to be a comic, you go to New York. If you want to be a, a comedic actor, you go to L.A. Right. I don't know if that's necessarily true, but you can definitely get more spots in, in New York than you can in L.A. So let's, let's work our way backwards a little bit, Ryan. You are hooked up with uh, Tom and Christina two other great comedians and you're recording your most recent podcast at your mom's house studios. How did you get, <laughs> how, how did you get hooked up with that, man? This, this is amazing. So I, I gotta know what the I mean, lucky that just, rock. That, that just goes back to them being great people and great friends. I, I just had Tom on, he actually gets released on Monday. And, um, that's the first thing we started talking about. Like we go way back to, open mics and small little tiny rooms and now tom's doing you know stadium numbers i'm so proud of him and um the crab feast was coming to an end and he decided to start his own studio and asked me to join him and i was just like you know even if tom wasn't tom i'd go and join tom and christina just because i love them they're great friends they're great people and I vibe with them and we get along so great. So uh, super stoked to be there right now and build this new show. Yeah. I'm just getting started. I'm, I'm not even 20 episodes in, you know? Right. Um, I've got a lot of ideas for it, things like that, that, you know, a lot of it, I go back and listen to old crappies. I'm like, Oh man, we weren't even doing this bit yet. We weren't <laughs> even doing that bit yet, you know, stuff like that. So I'm excited to see where it goes and just excited to work with them. Can, can you give us a little bit of a rundown of the honeydew your the podcast you're doing now? I know uh, like your your tagline for it is highlighting the low lights. So it's kind of like yeah. laughing at all the, the dark stuff out there, which a lot of people might find offensive. But I mean, if, if you have our sense of humor, it's, you know, it's it's the perfect path to take. Well, I, you know comedians it makes me I, I first of all i don't want the, the show to be just comedians i want it to be comedian heavy but what i really want are great storytellers who have great stories and i say these are the stories 
behind the storytellers, not behind the stories, behind the people telling that story. And you're like, oh, man, all the stuff we know about you, this is how you got here. This is what sort of, you know, you went through at a different time and dealt with. Um, so, yeah, I say highlighting the lowlights. We've had people come on and talk about, my, like myself, being raised by a single parent or raising themselves or addiction or suicide uh, thoughts or, you know, you, you name it. Um, I've been blown away by some of the stuff I've heard already. But then also, I don't want it to just be that. I didn't set out for that. I love the embarrassing moment stories. Tom just told a bunch of really good, like, how many times he said, I love you to girls too early. And, you know, just how it just makes you, you know, they just shoot you down. Like, every story doesn't have to be a deep, dark, um, you know, this is what I went through as a kid or as an adult. Uh, which, but I'm not shying away from that. I, I think that's necessary and great to find the laughter and the light and all that darkness. But it could just be a long story about um, a divorce or a, like I say, a breakup or you've been fired from a bunch of jobs or anytime you've been overlooked or passed over or any of that. Um, but the thing about comedians that's different is they, and those types of people is that they'll look at that and they'll laugh at it. And it's, therapeutic and it's so much better than balling up in a corner and crying and you know just assuming your life is over and instead you get up every day you walk through that crap and you're the best person you can be and um you know it's not like saying we don't ever cry or break down but um you know just to be able to process it and look back at it and laugh at it and go, you believe that crap happened? I mean, it's special. So I, I've, I've been surprised by how many messages and emails I've received to people like you're on to something. You don't know how big it is. I, I've had people email me I, again. I'm what six, I'm four months in and people are already like, I got out of a toxic relationship or I started a new job or, you know, all because of this. I'm like, God, I just started. So, right. I'm, I'm happy to hear it's resonating with people and now it's just, you know, get in there and build it and have fun with it. Yeah. Yeah. That's, and that's the great thing about comedy, you know, is that, and, and the way that it's delivered by the comics, by the comedians is because of these stories that you have to tell and you put some humor into it. I love to laugh, but what, what draws me in even more is the message behind it. You know, a lot of times it is just the way that you can twist something and turn it and, and make, you know, dare I say, you know, lemonade out of lemons, but whatever, you know, it, it, you can, you can take something that's really pretty, pretty deep, pretty shocking or, or whatever, and you can put a little twist on it and, and laugh about it. And so let's, let's move on with our lives and keep going. We don't have to let it bear, you know, bear weight on us and cause all kinds of anxiety. And like you said, life is over now because this and this happened and I have a good laugh about it and then move on. And so exactly. that's exactly what I like to hear. And your podcast is hitting it. And the honeydew. Why, why the honeydew? I, I've heard you explain this, but if you could just one more time briefly explain why it's called the honeydew podcast. Well, I was sitting in a diner one night and uh, they brought my fruit to the table and I, <laughs> I ate everything but the honeydew. And I don't have, I say this all the time. I don't have a passion. Like, I don't have a hatred for honeydew. I just don't. Am I allowed to cuss, by the way? Yes, you are. You're fine. Go <laughs> oh, ahead. Okay. Uh, I just don't fuck with the honeydew. <laughs> and when I walked out, I saw honeydew littered across the tables. And I was like, oh, a lot of people don't fuck with the honeydew. <laughs> and then I thought, you know, this is a perfectly good fruit 
that the majority of people just throw away. And it dawned on me that that's exactly what I am in the human world. I'm a honeydew. I'm a, <laughs> a perfectly good person that's been thrown away time after time. And that made me start laughing. And I said, well, fuck it. Let's embrace that and talk to all these people. Because, look, it doesn't matter if your whole, you know, if your life story is a honeydew story or you just got this one great, terrible story. We've all, at one time or another, have been a honeydew in our life. Yeah, right. And uh, I love that story. <laughs> I love hearing you tell it because I, I heard uh, the the introduction uh, episode of the Honeydew podcast where you talk. And man, yeah. it gets brutal though, dude. I got to be honest with you. Talking about your mom and, and and all those things, it's just talk about you know making lemonade out of lemons. You you really do that uh, with with the story of, of your relationship with your mom and even with the Honeydew um, explanation. You're basically calling yourself a fruit that nobody wants, right? That's exactly right. <laughs> That's, That's awesome. exactly right. So uh, how does how does this newer project, the Honeydew, how does that uh, differ, if it does, from the Crab Feast? Because the Crab Feast was also a, a, a podcast that you were uh, co-host with um, and uh, also had comedians on telling stories, correct? So is there a big difference here, and, and why, why the switch? Well, the, you know, once the show ended once the crab feast ended the thing that i i wanted to take an element of the crab feast which i loved the most and I, I feel like people did too and that was the storytelling and i'm a storyteller and i love listening to stories and people's stories so my thought behind it was you know what is my next project and i wanted the crab feast to sort of have a baby and i kept the storytelling element but the crab feast was a general story. It was a storytelling show and it could be, I've got a great ghost story, got one from a wedding, got one from college, you know, whatever, drinking a drug, um, a near death, whatever it, be, it may be. But the, the honeydew is storytelling with a specific focus on those times in life where you have felt like a honeydew mm. or have been treated like a honeydew. Okay. And that's, that's really the difference. And, and you did Crab Feast for seven years, is that right? Yeah, I think it's about seven years. Yeah, so that was kind of ahead of its time as far as podcasts go. Man, that thing lasted longer than every relationship I've ever been <laughs> in, bro. <laughs> <laughs> and I have a kid, so let me tell you how long. It's been. <laughs> what was the secret to that that long term success there with the, with Crab Feast? You just, just well, is it a passion or, I mean, was things just rolling in the right direction, all the above? What's up? I, I, you know, Jay is someone I've known forever. He's also a storyteller and, you know, going all the way back to Matt Fultron, who I started with, uh, when he left, I knew the guy to come in and, and keep it going was Jay just because of his nature and, and the connection he and I had. I, I still, I still stand by rapport being the most important thing, um, you could have great content, but if, if the two people on there aren't working together and bounce off one another, you know, there were times where someone would say something and Jay and I would be, we'd be biting our lip until they finished so we could try to get that joke first because I knew he had the same joke I had, you know? <laughs> right. So I say stand by, I stand by that, but um, I would say that really was the secret. Nice. So, man, you've got a, you've got a pretty impressive resume. You've been a producer. You've, you've worked with uh, yeah. Kevin Kevin Hart's uh, Donald Mack series. Yeah. What was Last that like? Year I, was, 
That was awesome. I was a supervising producer. We won a Webby, I think it's called, award. I guess that's a big in the digital world. I didn't even know about it. But uh, that series is where Kevin will, they put him, I mean, he gets in there at like five in the morning. They're putting him in prosthetics for hours. And then meanwhile, we've got, we've been having people come in and tell them they're here for a game show audition. And then we tell them they're drinking alcohol, like it's a mimosa, but it's really not. And the reason that we have to provide transportation for them is because they had alcohol. And then we shuttle them into Kevin's car. And then, you know, they're supposed to go wherever they're going. And he just fucks with them for an hour. (laughs) (laughs) So it was a lot of fun to do that. That was every day getting up and going to do that was a really good time. Great. And he's great. He's great. You were also on Tosh.0 as well, correct? Yeah, well, what happened there was I had just written and and produced this little short with Larson uh, about a true about a honeydew moment. As a matter of fact, I'm a friend of mine, and um, I guess their their people saw it and said, "Hey, we want to air it." So they took it and they aired it on Tosh. Oh wow, and that was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, very nice. So, I mean, I hear a lot of people, not necessarily for, for television, uh, but just people who produce shows and people who are doing a lot of that stuff behind the scenes say it's a lot of hard work and, and they didn't know what they were getting into. So do you do you like the, the production of things? Do you like being behind the scenes and producing that kind of stuff? It sounds like you're having a blast no matter what you're doing. Yeah, I am, and I do like it. Um, and I laugh at these people who love to call themselves producers because I'm like, you've never produced a thing in your life. You have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> right? You know, you're putting on a live show, uh, a stand-up show that make you a producer. Yeah. You know, you're producing that show. So I do. I, you know, I like the problem solving that goes into it. I like the, um, sorry, organization. I like the, uh, you know, multitasking. I like you know, all of it. I enjoy being behind the scenes. And the the thing actually that helped me a lot was I started years and years ago when I just had a day job in post-production. Um, so I could do stand up at night. I started doing promos and I started working on these things and I would ask these people, Hey, where's the B roll? Hey, where's the split audio? Hey, where's the, this, the, that, the, Oh, we don't have, we didn't get that. We didn't get that. We didn't. I was like, Oh, you guys suck. Okay. So (laughs) working in reverse helped me realize things like, Hey, let's get some room tone. Let's get uh, the B roll over here. Let's go get some of this and some of that. And, um, it actually helped me working for a lot of shitty people early on and idiots to, uh, be a better producer in person. And, um, yeah, I really do like that side of things. I'm, I'm, I, I helped Josh Adam Myers sell his comedy jam and I was a producer on that. And this new show that, uh, Justine Moreno and Heidi Heaslett have coming out called the, um, the funny dance show on E is a show I helped them sell as well. And I'm out with a few more now. So, um, in addition to stand up and podcasting, I do all that stuff too. And I, I love it. Nice. Nice. So we would be remiss if we didn't mention your 2018 album, Get a Hold of Yourself. Uh, you mean my new album? Did, <laughs> is, did, it, <laughs> is it considered new still? Are we talking about that? Dave <laughs> <laughs> Anthony shit all over me, but somebody busted him. He's got a new album on his website. It still says new, and it's from a couple years ago. So. <laughs> there you go. Well, the, the album did well, it sounds like, man. Uh, 
So I, I'm wondering, uh, any any other specials in line? You, you gearing up for anything? You giving us the uh, any inside tip that you got coming I mean, up? I'm working on I'm working on my next hour now for sure. Um, Great. We'll see what happens. I don't know. You know, there's there's so many avenues out there now, and everybody loves Netflix. And of course, I'd love to have Netflix, but if Netflix isn't an option. You know, hey, maybe you go the Andrew Schultz route and you put it up on YouTube and you build your empire that way. So there's there a lot go. of ways you can go these days. And I'm I'm glad to see that wall has been torn down. And uh, it's just hey, go out and do your thing, you know. Nice. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and one more thing I got to mention, you were on the Joe Rogan experience just not too long ago. Right. How was that? I mean, yeah. for uh, for us podcasters, you know, that's like that's like the pinnacle, right? You, you get on Joe Rogan, oh. you made it, right? <laughs> you, you did you did well, Ryan. So, uh, what was it like sitting across you. from him? It was awesome. You know, I, I've known Joe a little bit over the years for such a long time, and he'd always dropped it on me and mentioned me, and I just didn't want to be the guy that was always up his ass about it. And when he came over to me in the green room in the comedy store. I was just like, you know, fuck yeah. He gave me his number and was like, I'm going to hit you up for this and this. And, um, you know, I, I got great feedback. I'm still getting great feedback. I, that thing's got almost a million views on something that's almost three hours long. Like, wow. I love that dude. He's so been insane. nothing but kind and gracious and funny and sweet. Like you see these, this big MMA dude. And then you're like, Oh my God, you're sweet. You know, you're sweet. <laughs> um, considerate like just he's great he's he someone else asked me recently like oh they said oh you were so comfortable and i said it's him he makes you comfortable you know i'm look i'm i'm comfortable in my own skin for the most part like i'm like i'm too fat right now i'm too whatever but i like who i am you know so i'm comfortable in my own skin and i've been doing this long enough that i'm getting more and more i don't know if you ever get 100 percent there but i'm closer and closer to who i am all around on stage and in front of a mic and just you know for joe to even give me the opportunity to tell some of my story it's like a lot of times you think your shit is normal until you start talking to other people like what the fuck are you talking about I'm like oh my god <laughs> this isn't this didn't happen to everybody and um yeah that was just great and then since then he's just been fucking awesome i i've asked him advice you know he's talked to me about a lot of stuff he'll just check in um, you know, he's great. I can't say enough nice things. Awesome. Yeah. You kind of mentioned something about like coming into your own. That, that's an interesting thing, isn't it? I it feels like it takes many years for a stand-up comedian to really know who they are on stage and make sure they're not pulling anything from any other acts or any other people or anything like that. Yeah. And you know, Joe too, like back in the day you were, you were on the tonight show and it, it was like, boom, here you go. And, you know, Joe's podcast is doing bigger numbers than these late night shows right. combined, you know, it's insane. It's insane. So, yeah, it was it was an honor and a pleasure to be on that show. That's awesome. Yeah. Had to ask because that's what I figured. Everybody <laughs> that everybody that ever talks about Joe, just he's a big teddy bear. They love him. So. Ryan, we're great. Ryan, we're going to point everybody in your direction. Be sure that everybody checks out the Honeydew podcast and go back and check the Crab Feast too. It's awesome, and uh, they can follow you around all over the place. I'm sure you're all over social media. Um, really appreciate you coming on, man. This has been great. It's been great talking to you. It's like uh, you're like a you're a star, man. Thanks for thanks for stopping by the Cerebral Entertainment Podcast. Well, I know we've been trying to get this to happen for a while, so I appreciate you guys making it happen on 420. James and Colt, you guys are great <laughs> dudes. And, uh, yeah, man, follow me on all social media. I'm Ryan Sickler. My website's ryansickler.com. You can go there and find everything. Honeydew, all that stuff. Great. Right on. 
ladies and gentlemen, the one and only Ryan Sickler. Thanks again, Ryan. Thank you, guys. All right. And we're out. Thanks again to Ryan Sickler, and thank you, all of you out there listening to the show, out there in Cerebral Land, wherever you are. Uh, remember that word of mouth is a fantastic, wonderful thing. So tell your friends and fam of our humble little podcast here. Be sure to subscribe to the Cerebral Entertainment Podcast on Apple Podcasts slash iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play, and you can also download the episodes at the launching pad for all things Cerebral at thecepodcast.com. Get in touch with us at Cerebral at thecepodcast.com and show us all your love on the socials. And as always, be sure to keep your brains warm out there. See ya.